and welcome to the last tranche. 2022 has been a long and turbulent year for the leveraged loan asset class. Back in January, the loan index traded above 99 cents on the dollar, following on the back of a record year for issuance. Six months later, and the index hit its low for the year of 91.75 cents in July, and there were more ups and downs in the months since. The end of the year is always an opportunity to look back at where we've been and see what lessons were learned. So with that in mind, I want to introduce Joe Rotondo, who is Senior Portfolio Manager on the Credit Investment Team at Mid-Ocean Partners. Joe, welcome to The Last Tranche. Thank you so much, Hugh. So Joe, if um, 2021 was remembered for the record-breaking activity and issuance volumes, and 2020 is remembered for COVID, what do you think 2022 will be remembered for as far as the leveraged loan market is concerned? Yeah, that, that's a great question. I mean, undoubtedly, the market will be remembered for the uh, the volatility that's taken place over the past uh, 11 months. And uh, I'll go into some details about that. So first of all, the broadly syndicated leveraged loan market, which is approximately $1.4 trillion in size, began the year 2022, much like a continuation of 21, we experienced, and this is in the first quarter, robust deal flow, strong market liquidity, and demand from CLO creation and retail investors. First quarter of 22 was by far the strongest uh, quarter of loan issuance with about 120 billion in volume. However, that all began to change toward the end of the first quarter as a number of factors triggered a reversal of the bull market trend. So for example, the war in Ukraine triggered concern about energy prices and geopolitical instability. Uh, There were concerns over supply chain disruption. Inflation fears became a bigger issue and resulted in concerns about rising interest rates and Fed action. So loan prices started the year at a weighted average dollar price of 98.5. But in response to various macro headwinds and tighter monetary policy, loan prices declined by five and a half points to 93 cents today and from 98 and a half cents at the beginning of the year. This drop in asset prices was, of course, not unique to loans since just about all asset classes have traded down so far in 2022. So the question is, how did loans perform versus other asset classes? And the answer may be a little bit surprising. The total return for loans, meaning the loan coupon plus the impact of the drop in loan prices, was minus 55 basis points year to date at the end of November. And this compared quite favorably to investment grade bonds, which are down 15% year to date, uh, high yield bonds, which are down 10% year to date, and also the S&P 500, which is down about 15%. And then in light of a tough macro environment, loans outperform these other asset classes for a number of reasons. So first, while IG and high yield were negatively impacted by rising interest rates, loan returns benefited from rising rates since the loan base rate resets every 30 to 90 days. So unlike high yield and IG, loans are a floating rate asset class. Second, loans are senior obligations within a borrower's capital structure and are secured by the borrower's assets. So therefore, principal risk is mitigated compared to the unsecured nature of high yield bonds. And then number three, the loan asset class benefited from a continuous bid from both existing CLOs and new issue CLOs. So loans have outperformed other asset classes, but loan yields are still high at nearly 10% compared to where they were at the beginning of 2022. One key implication is that primary loan issuance 
has been very challenged since the springtime. There is market demand for strong single B and double B rated credits, but demand for low single B credits is much softer. So to put this into context, the spread to maturity of double Bs is 340, 340 basis points, while the spread to maturity of B3s is close to 800 basis points. And uh, some B3 credits have been accepted by the market, but at significant discounts and limited in size. Yeah, thinking about the main drivers of asset prices this year, I mean, obviously, we have Russia's invasion of Ukraine in February, and then the various rate rises following on from Fed meetings that took place throughout the year. But the real sell-off, it seems to me, didn't start until May, for for loans at least. What was happening then that really triggered that sell-off? What do you remember from trading around that time? Because prices really didn't ever recover from that for the rest of the year. May, well, we saw a continuation of concerns about uh, the macro economy. So the Fed had a more hawkish stance. Interest rates began to rise. We started to see concerns about future earning seasons. So you know, these factors together resulted in a softening of loan prices through the spring and through the summer as well. Yeah. And as I I mentioned in the introduction, loans were trading above 99 cents at the start of the year. What do you attribute that to? Because I I recall investors saying back then that, you know, the incoming rate rises would mean that investors such as mutual funds would come into loans in a major way, which would raise prices. Looking back, do you think that was maybe a naive assumption of the market or were the high prices more of a a hangover from the general bullishness of 2021? Yeah. I mean, my view is that the high prices really resulted from a from the bullishness that was left over from 2021 but you know that really changed toward the back end of the first quarter of the year and that's when we really started to see loan prices move down and the and the entire tone of the market change as a result of you know macro headwinds and uh, potential geopolitical instability yeah accompanying the rate rises um, is the lack of any primary issuance in the loan market for much of the year. That's changed a bit recently, and we'll discuss the current market dynamics shortly. But could you talk a little bit about some of the reasons why the primary market froze up? Is it a lack of demand for loans? Is it just too expensive for potential issuers to tap the loan market? Or have um, companies just become more conservative given the threat of an approaching recession? So let's put the uh, new issue trend into perspective. So during the first quarter, new issue totaled 120 billion and then declined from there on. Second quarter, new issue equaled 60 billion. Uh, Third quarter, about 25 billion. And then between October and November, we had about 30 billion of new issue. So certainly a, a softening trend in new issue volume. Credit risk is the dominant factor as to whether or not deals can get done in the market. And as a result, the new issue bank loan market can be divided into three categories at this point in time. So first is higher quality double B rated loans that have been very well received by loan buyers and especially by CLOs. A spread in the mid 300s plus a few points of OID is attractive to the CLO buyer base. The second tier are those loans that are very large and mid to low single B rated. These loans have cleared, but with over 10 points of OID and a spread at 450 to 500 basis points over SOFR. In certain of these transactions, banks have had to syndicate a portion of the term loan and hold the remainder on balance sheet 
because the full loan tranche would have been too large for the market to digest. And then the third tier is represented by loans that have hit the market and have been pulled because of a lack of interest or have not hit the market at all. So these loans were underwritten in a more aggressive environment and have not been accepted due to a combination of credit concerns and borrower-friendly credit agreements. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it seems to me, at least in recent weeks, we've sort of seen the primary market open again. Um, and that's in part because um, loans have recovered some of their value. What are some of the factors influencing loan prices right now? I mean, behind the index, what are some of the key movements within loans that we're seeing? So we have seen you know, a little bit of a loan rally in uh, starting in the middle of October and through November to the beginning of December. And uh, during the month of November, loan prices have moved up by nearly 60 basis points to just over 93 cents. And there are two main factors uh, that have pushed loan prices higher. So the first is CLO creation. So November's pace of new issue, uh, new issue CLOs equaled 9.2 billion, which uh, slightly exceeds October's pace of 8.7 billion. Managers continue to price deals despite high liability costs. And given this demand from CLO creation plus limited new issue supply, the market benefited from a favorable supply demand dynamic. Because of the high liability costs, modeled cash flows for new CLOs are not what they had been in the first quarter of 2022. However, modeled equity returns benefit from, from the manager's ability to create a portfolio with a weighted average loan purchase price in the mid-90s. This is called the pull-to-par strategy, where loans are expected to accrete toward par over time and as the market recovers. The second reason for strong loan prices is the expectation that the Fed will not be as aggressive as originally expected. So that has had a positive impact on the bid for loan prices. So as a, as a CLO manager yourselves, uh, what are some of the implications that the slow supply of primary loans have had on CLO portfolio metrics this year? Yeah, so in terms of uh, the impact on portfolio metrics, we always like to have a robust new issue calendar because we like to actively manage our portfolios, bring new issue in to the portfolios, and then trade out of names that are, in our view, overvalued. Because new issue has been slower and not as robust as what we had seen in the first quarter of the year, you know, that activity hasn't been as strong as it had been in the past. So what that causes is for CLO managers to focus more on opportunities in the secondary market. So for us and, and for many managers, there's a strong focus on secondary market opportunities, determining which loans are overvalued and which loans are undervalued. And then based on that information, we will trade accordingly and position the portfolios accordingly. One of the profiles of um, new loans that are out there, as you mentioned already, is those, um, those hung loans from buyouts that took place earlier in 2022 when the market conditions were, were very different. Um, and like you said, the banks have been trying to offload these loans to investors by offering pretty steep OIDs, some of them in, in the low 80s. For CLO managers specifically, so how should we how should we view these opportunities? Yeah, I mean, the way to view the opportunities is similar to the way we would view opportunities in, in any market. And you know, the decision to participate in those types of loans really comes down to 
the uh, underlying credit fundamentals, number one, and then in consideration of the credit fundamentals, what is the expected return on the asset? So some of these uh, loans that have come through in the new issue market, some of the larger loans that have come through in the new issue market and that have been rated in the low, like low to mid single B camp have represented attractive values to buy new issue loans at discounts and uh, build par for the CLOs. Some of those have worked out. And then you know, there are others, as I had mentioned or referenced before, that have hit the market but did not uh, generate sufficient demand. So some of those loans are still on the balance sheet of the underwriting banks. Let's look forward to 2023. As we're heading into the new year, what's your outlook for the asset class going forward? I'm not sure if you've heard anything about you know, allocations that have already taken place for the net for next year, but what's your the broad overview of where things are going to look at the start of the year? Yeah, so for 2023, I mean, given your know, macroeconomic headwinds, we do expect uh, the year to be you know, to have some challenges. So right now, there are a few challenging fundamental factors, such as inflationary pressures, which include high energy costs, high transportation costs, scarcity of labor. Uh, Second is higher rates, which is leading to higher interest expense for borrowers. Third, uh, consumer demand for certain goods and services is lower. And we expect these factors to cause margin pressure, lower coverage ratios, and higher leverage stats in general. So... This will lead to a couple of things. One is a continuation of the downgrade trend that we're seeing from the rating agencies. And because of the downgrade trend, your triple C rated loans and low single B rated loans, which could eventually become triple C, are showing uh, the most price sensitivity in the market. And our view is that you know, as we continue to progress in through December and then into 2023, we will continue to see loans downgraded to the triple C category. And then there's the uh, default trend. So in addition to triggering more downgrades, weaker fundamental factors will lead to more defaults as borrowers run out of liquidity or are unable to satisfy maturing obligations or both. As of the end of November, the par-weighted default rate was about 1.6%. This rate is very low compared to the long-term loan default rate of 3.1%. Given the macro headwinds, tighter coverage ratios, and more cautious capital markets, we expect the default rate to rise during 2023 and 24, and eventually exceed historical averages. So we talked about some of the tailwinds, or rather some of the headwinds for the bank loan market. But what I'd like to do is spend a few minutes talking about some of the potential tailwinds. While the uh, headwinds are fundamental in nature. The tailwinds are more technical in nature. So first, we will continue to see CLO creation. And to put CLOs into perspective, the broadly syndicated bank loan market is $1.4 trillion in size, and CLOs represent 60% of the loan market and is therefore the cornerstone of the leveraged finance market. Second, the new issue loan market will likely be very slow during the first several months of 2023 due to slow M&A and LBO activity. So few loans will be added to the market, and those that are added will most likely be strong single B and double B loans. And then third, and you had referenced this earlier, third, and I think this is a major wild card for the market, is the retail bid. 
at a dollar price of 93, loans are yielding nearly 10% to maturity and higher rates will make the loan asset class more attractive to retail investors once we see signs that inflation is under control and the longer term macro outlook brightens, we could see a return of the retail bid, which could have positive implications for the loan asset class. Yeah, I think it's very interesting that you pointed out the tailwinds because I've noticed, um, especially in the last week or two, talking to people in the CLO community, that they actually are sounding a lot more bullish than they were several months ago. And I think part of the reason for that is that, like you were saying, the risk reward profile across both bonds and loans is particularly attractive at the moment. Is is do you think that's a fair assessment of where things stand in the market right now going into the new year? Yeah, I think not in all cases within the loan market. I mean, there are, you know, definitely loans that represent attractive values. And then there are other loans um, in certain sectors that you know, we think will continue to experience stress trade down, uh, become downgraded, and then eventually default. So I think you know, one uh, key factor for 2023 is really credit selection. And I think credit selection in this market and into 2023 will be a key way for managers to outperform. Yes, just looking at, um, there's research that came out this week from uh, Deutsche Bank that says that um, the leverage loan default rate could reach 11.4% in 2024. Not to quibble over those those numbers, but they, I mean, they did also say defaults should be kept in check in 2023, given the lack of maturities coming up. But how concerned are you about default rates? And what's the best strategy for, for a manager to navigate a market with significantly increased levels of distress? I mean, defaults will definitely pick up. And you know, right now, default rates are very low at about 1.6%. Uh, so we do expect defaults to increase in 2023 and then 24. I think defaults will most likely be higher in 2024 than they are in 2023. And the reason is that you know, the way credit agreements are written today, your borrowers have a little bit more runway before they will actually default. So we do believe that defaults will increase over the next couple of years. But in terms of managing, you know, how do you manage a portfolio given you know, that type of outlook for the loan market? One key is to have been you know, reducing exposure to those weaker names within the loan space during 2022 and positioning the portfolio for increased volatility in 23 and 24. Joe Rotondo, Senior Portfolio Manager at Mid-Ocean Partners. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us at the last tranche today. I really appreciate it. And it was really interesting getting your perspective on, on where things are and where things are going. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome, Hugh. Thanks so much. Thank you.